You're listening to the Electronic Media Collective Podcast Network. Yeah, it's a mouthful. For more great shows like the one you're about to enjoy, visit electronicmediacollective.com. And now, our feature presentation. This could be a very interesting episode. Um, I don't want. I don't have anything really fun, like right off the bat, going "Hey, welcome" kind of thing, because I have a lot to say about this. I'm excited. Today we're talking about Thor: Love and Thunder. Eric, how the hell are you doing? I'm also excited to talk about this, but also, like, this is however many films into Phase Four we're doing in yet another Marvel uh, movie. It seems to be at a point where it's really taken over a lot of the. A lot of the pop culture right now. It is. So it is. talking about it again just seems to... Is it almost like this relevant era where if you don't know where they are at in this development that um, it's just not even worth it to get involved? Um, I would actually agree, but for this movie, I think I'm going to disagree. For this movie, I don't think you had to watch anything for this movie. This movie does a very good job at giving you kind of the... Uh, where were they backstory stuff? So because uh, I don't uh, hold on. Let me let me, no. let me feed into you, then you can go off and, and interrupt. Because uh, uh, sorry to interrupt, but it's it's one of those where this is a standalone. Same with the other, like a Doctor Strange one, right? It's it's hard to right. make a movie that is continuing. So you want to make a, a standalone? Is this is this? Did you find that this was a good standalone? And this is kind of the dilemma that they're in, right? Right. Um, so, there, if, you and I have probably what not even watched half of the Marvel stuff that has come out, like for like the show to review, you know. So I'm I mean, up to date on everything. I hate you to are. Say I don't. That. I'm not up to date on everything. I mean, you and I reviewed Wanda, Loki, Falcon, Winter Soldier, uh, Hawkeye was a chore. But anyway, I, I mean, we are. You have seen more than me, and um, I I thought I was going to be lost, and I was not. What you need to do is play this movie right after Endgame, and it kind of just all kind of flows together at that point. You know, that's kind of an, a thing to, to point out. Um, much like how they did in Loki, where they talked about how like everything splits off if it isn't controlled into one timeline. Mm-hmm. That's kind of what seems to be happening with a lot of their movies. They all seem to be just kind of splitting off into their own thing. This really... Um, it is, is sets a good example for that. Uh, not just Multiverse of Madness, but I mean, Thor is off doing his own thing completely. Same with the Guardians. And everyone is doing their own thing. It, it doesn't even seem like anyone's, you know, like their progression or their threat that they're dealing with has any effect on anyone else's thing that they're doing. Well, I like the fact that Thor is going off onto work with the Guardians. I like that stuff, but before we get into the movie, I want to say something to you. And you've been helping me out when it comes to my daughter with this stuff. You see, it's the summer, and my work schedule is different than the average person. So during the week, I have my daughter. And because of circumstances last week, that's why we released Chippendale, because I couldn't go to the theater to see this. So that's why we're a week behind. And I needed to take my daughter with me yesterday to see this. I had nobody to see it with me. And you said it was perfect for her. Um, if she saw Jurassic World, it's good for her. I did not know, Eric, that this was going to be a father-daughter movie. So that was kind of fun. Sure. I had no idea. And uh, Riley had no idea what she was getting herself into. And I'm telling you, she does not like gore. She does not like gore at all. That's the I think I said that in, in the text. The one thing I was worried about, um, like, because everything else I think was right up her alley, right? It's very colorful, very comical, very well, very the style of Taika Watiti. Did oh, did I say it? I think you probably did. All right, I, I won't pat myself too hard on that then. But you know, it's it's very cartoony. It's very for family for kids. Uh, but the thing that I think made Gore such an awesome villain was not just his his motive but the aesthetic everything around him was just that void that you know the the sword taking over and the way that it made his eyes glow even more i thought it was great okay so i'm just going to go ahead and show my hand because i have to because i can't sit here and just be quiet and just pretend 
Um, Eric, I think this is better than Ragnarok. I think this is in the running for one of the greatest Marvel movies of all time. I still think that Winter Soldier is the best, but this is probably number two, maybe number three. Like, this is really, really, really good. Oh, okay. Uh, is there a few things without... You know, did you want to highlight as as to why? I think you have the bias of it being a, a father daughter, and I I'm sure that you did some looking up after this that a lot of actual father daughters were in this movie. Yeah, no, so 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 I did, and I did not know what was. See, what I did was I kind of spoiled myself because, like I do every time. So, okay, I don't want to go on a rant, Jordan but I want to make... like to have fun. Everybody, he. <laughs> He goes to the back of the book, reads the last chapter of Harry Potter before everything. I mean, that's just how he is. So I'll make this very, very clear for Santa Claus in his house. I'm sorry. I really, really hope that people understand why I do do this. When we started Movie Guys podcast, I always would review off of emotion because I was never getting spoiled. And then I realized listening to our reviews is that I was reviewing off of emotion and not really why we're reviewing uh, to see if this is a good movie or not, plot, acting, so on and so forth. So what I started to do was read the plot before I went to go see the movie so I'm not spoiled so I can sit there and enjoy what the director is giving me instead of going, oh, my God, you know, kind of a thing. And that's and it's and it's worked out in my favor, I think, for my reviews. But for this movie, like I said, I had I had crap last week I had to take care of and I was not able to see this in theater. So all I knew was Christian Bale was gore. I just knew little things. Um, so I want to go right off the bat. The beginning of this movie is not for children. I was scared. And I think I still feel that the greatest villain so far that the MCU has given us is the human villain in Civil War. I still say that. I still stand by that. Uh, this guy's number two, man. This guy's better than Thanos. You think uh, it is – I mean, I think, Kill, I think Killmonger is, is probably – which Up one's there. Killmonger? He's the Black Panther. Um, Michael B. Jordan from Black Panther. No, no, no. I, I, I mean, everything about him. He, he had the right. He, I, I think he was, um, vilified as probably the one of the probably the best villains so far. Or maybe, um, um, Shang Chi, Shang Chi. Uh, was it Wei Wu? Wen Wu? I didn't like that movie though. I'm just speaking in on terms of like just the villains of of villains. I think so far, uh. Because he was, I mean, that guy's been around for millennia. He was, he was a powerhouse, is a powerhouse. You know? yeah, but and, cool. and again, felt like the villain, I said this before too, like the villain that thinks they are right is the most threatening villain. And that's why uh, maybe in Moon Knight it worked as well too. But this is why I like Gore because I even walked out of the theater with Riley and I'm looking at her and we're talking about it. I think Gore's 100% right. I don't think that he thinks that he's right or he's justified. I think that Gore, I morally think that Gore is 100% right. But he's fueled by revenge. Absolutely. Yeah, and that, right, that, rightfully that's so. That's my person. But, but see, but that, that's my personality. But anyway, at the beginning of the movie, I did not know how it was going to open, right? So we get the big, and we're not going scene by scene. But anyway, beginning of the movie, I'm with my daughter. She's going to be six in a month. So I'm just like, okay, here we go. Let's see what this is all about. It's Marvel. Can't be bad. And that opening is heartbreaking to me. It's just like the first five minutes of Up in a way, you know, for other people. Like, this guy, I don't know who this guy is yet. They're not really talking. He's in a desert. He, he looks terrible. I can tell it's Christian Bale and his machinist uh, get up, if you want to say that. Sure. Um, and, and he has a little girl, and I'm a father to a little girl. So, of course, it immediately gets my attention and pulls on my heartstrings. And she dies of thirst. And she's like, I'm so tired, Dad, or whatever. And she falls and dies. And... and Dude, he was doing exactly what I would do in that situation. He buries her, and he just lays there next to her and just waits to die. Like, oh, just pulls your charge strings. I'm like, oh, my God, my five-year-old is seeing this shit, you know? Sorry for swearing, but it's like, oh, God, do I got to leave the theater, you know? Sure. And she was fine. And then all of a sudden, you know, you hear this laughing and stuff, and he goes uh, to this Eden, if you will, and there's his God, you know? And this God's like, nah, I don't really care about you. Don't really care. And he's like, but my people have died. My wife, my daughter, everybody has died. And he's like, yeah, no, I don't care. But we pray to you, don't care. And he's like, and the God's like, yeah, we just killed this dude um, who has the necro sword. Uh, yeah, the necro sword. Necro sword. And, uh, you know, so, you know, screw you. And he starts to strangle Christian Bill. Christian Bill gets the sword, kills the guy, cuts off his head. Justified. Loved it. 
I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be good. I did research. I thought that Gore was one of those villains that, you know, has been around for a long time that nobody really talked about. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. He's been around since 2013. He's one of a newer villain. Uh, this stays true to the to the comic that it's adapted from. I have not read this. Uh, what's it called? From the Mighty Thor? or I think that's what's... Uh, I, I'm... Not the comic guy as I, as I used to be. I completely fell out. But this is like the, the newer age of it where it's introduced uh, uh, Jason Aaron's Mighty Thor. Right. And, um, yeah, I, I think it's a very compelling story. I like how it opens up. It's It sets uh, a great scene for who Gore is and kind of the the, uh, the attitude that the gods have towards mm-hmm. their disciples. Uh, Rapu, I think is his name. And I think this is a guy that... Um, uh, often stars with uh, Taika in a lot of his like uh, what, don't don't do like what we do in the shadows or uh, those types of developments. I think you know how I think he's a friend. Oh I'm yeah, no, I, I, and, and Christian Bale is again wows me with his acting. Um, I talked to a friend about this, and uh, he has a girlfriend. And she said that she didn't want to uh, see it because, you know, he's scary and stuff. And my friend goes, well, you haven't seen American Psycho yet, have you? So I'm just like, yeah. Um, yeah so, uh, but one, one thing to point out is that, um, y- yeah, as as desperate as um, Gore becomes here, he was crawling in that oasis and he first cut himself on the sword, right? And then the sword basically calls out to him the rest right. of uh, the movie and controls him and it's an important thing to note because we're getting introduced and, and I'll say this because I'm watching a lot of the shows too heavily to a lot of artifacts and gods those are not by coincidence those are I think very very related so these are, are big because we're introduced to the Necrosword now we were introduced to the Ebony Sword at the end of the Eternals with um Kit Harrington and Blade, which um, we did not review Eternals, so I I didn't even know that's a thing. That's okay. Nobody reviewed Eternals. Okay, fair enough. That's so, why I'm not. It's a horrible movie. Uh, one thing happened, or two things happened in it, and apparently, uh, nothing in the MCU has even acknowledged it since. No one has acknowledged um, the what the the vampires, the Ebony Blade. Uh, Blade still has yet to come out. Uh, and then, of course, the celestial coming out of the middle of the ocean um, doesn't seem to really bother anybody right now. Right. But it, but it is there. There is a giant there. celestial coming out of Earth right now. Hasn't affected any gravitational pulls or tides or anything. Um, but here we are. We'll just we'll just say that Eternals is 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 this age's Incredible Hulk, where it's like, yeah, it was there. You know, but we're just going to move on. Um, we get right from 70s immigrant song, Led Zeppelin, to 80s Guns N' Roses. This this whole, pretty much the whole Appetite for Destruction album is the soundtrack to this movie. And love Thor in this. I quickly get the jokes right off the bat. Just how this stuff is with the Guardians, I'm laughing. We get Thor uh, with, with, the, with the dad bod. I love how they said, you know, he went from a dad bod to a whatever bod they were saying. And um, God bod? Oh. Um, God bod. Yeah, this is being, the entire movie is being narrated, by the way, and I forget that often because it starts off with Korg narrating to kids, right? Right. And then Throughout the movie, whenever they need to fill in or jump from one or the other, they can just have Korg uh, narrate those, which, by coincidence, is voiced by the director of the movie. So right, he's, yeah, he's I found that out. Yeah, uh, who's narrating the entire thing for us? Uh, right. It 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 helps the movie. It it helps, I think, make it age appropriate um, because it's holding your hand through a lot of it so you don't have to um, know a whole lot and really why it makes it help to be a standalone movie because you don't need to have a whole lot of um, know-how from beforehand to know what's going on here. I agree with you because that's one of the reasons why I said that I thought this was standalone you know because it was it was guiding me. Um, Just wanted to say that I had a theory years ago and it turned out to be true. 
theory slash opinion. I guess that's the same thing. Uh, but Natalie Portman is not just a fly by night actress, right? I mean, like she, regardless of the Star Wars stuff and the day, I mean, she's done some good work. She's a, and she's a, an award winning actress. She's an award winning actress. She's established, you know, and she doesn't really strike me as somebody that just signs on to do something just to do it. So when she was in Thor, now they have said that they have planned these whole things out, right? Maybe they've had, maybe they haven't. I think now it's starting to be like that George Lucas territory where it's like, oh, I've planned this since the beginning. No, you haven't. But I, I, I said during the first Thor movie, I remember this. I will never forget it. I said, why is Natalie Portman in this movie? And somebody's like, because it's Natalie Portman, you know? And I was like, she signed on for a reason. And I think somebody told me back then, and I'm going to murder it because she calls herself differently. She calls herself the Mighty Thor in this. But there was like, wasn't there something called the Lady Thor? Back in the day, too, yeah, or was yeah, that just me being sexist right there? Seriously, no, like, no. Like, what she called Lady Thor? I could have, uh, yeah. I thought that there was, but I don't know if that was a comic thing or if it was just like a pop culture, you know, like the the boomer putting a label on on something. So I, I'm not too versed into the the Foster backstory to to answer that. Well, the only reason why I'm bringing it up is that that's why I'm saying that's that's why she signed up for this. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> I don't really want to do this as Natalie Portman's voice. I don't want to do this, blah, blah, blah. And then Marvel saying, yeah, but uh, but one day you're going to be the star. Uh, well, hold on a sec. I thought it was uh, – I'm trying to pull up. I thought it was because she had some issues with the second development of Thor that she didn't want to be in. There was some issues with – if it was either – With the Dark uh, World? Yeah, it was either with crew or, or with something or with management. I forgot it's something they like, or maybe even something was like. They might have been even just scheduling. So I don't want to obviously speak too uh, too falsely out of whatever I'm saying. But I thought it was just like not completely out of disinterest, or maybe it was. But that uh, why she was signed on to this one is because Kevin Feig basically had to to say that this is a one and done, and gave her the idea for the Mighty Thor, or the the story for that, saying that. This is the impact of what it would have. It would just be for this, and obviously, um, we would have you. And I think, um, no, it wasn't Kevin Feige. I think it was Taika. Someone had convinced her, and I, I'm well, pretty Taika sure did. He did. Someone had someone had convinced her, and I'm trying to find this, and I'm gonna be stalling, and I'm. Uh, well, while you're move, move on, but either way, I know that yeah, she had to be yeah. wooed a bit more to be to be in the project. Maybe. Maybe you're right, and I, I I probably would say that you are. I was just sitting there going, why is she in this movie? Oh, that's right, because she probably signed on years ago knowing eventually this would happen. Not that she would die, but just that she would become you know, Lady Thor. Um, also, I, I get that because don't they get Welcome to the Jungle is the beginning of this, right? Yeah, um, yeah. And, and Thor is doing the workouts, went from a dad bod to a god bod. I love that he went um, – him and the guard – the Guardians were fun in this movie. And I wish the Guardians were in the movie a little bit more because uh, they were really fun. And just to show you the eyes of a five-year-old, uh, McDonald's does a great job with Marvel when it comes to the Happy Meal toys, right? Yeah. And um, as soon as she saw Groot, Riley straight – stands straight up in the movie theater, which was full by the way, and says – Daddy Groot. <laughs> she knows nobody else but Groot. Well, I'm glad uh, that she knows that so. because if you wanted more Guardians of the Galaxy, yeah. boy, you're gonna get it. There's uh, yeah. what a series, there's a special, and then there's a movie and another series. Right. So there's gonna be a lot of Guardians. So anyway, um, oh, and, I, and their own theme park ride at Epcot right now. Oh, okay. Well, uh, the one joke that I really, really loved is that, you know, uh, they're on this alien planet and they're being overran by these bird people, I guess you would say. And um, and these people are like, will you help us, Thor? Our God has been slain, you know, and Thor gets Stormbreaker and he just he just looks awesome. I like how he has like these like these Viking boots, you know, and I mean, guys looking good and uh, just straight. <laughs> I like how the two like little like little flying ships come at him and he like John Claude Van Damme does the splits and holds them, you know, and just like, I'm like, and he's, and he's doing his ridiculous faces and his dristlet voices. I mean, he knows the movie that he's making and, it's, and, it's fun, and, right? and yeah. And I'm, I'm like, this is better than Ragnarok so far. Like, I, I think this is really, really entertaining. Um, so that happens. So, 
Oh, well, like even details of like in that because they're <laughs> it's the whole point is that the guardians and, and him are trying to save these um these blue people from these bird people, right? And the blue people are very uh, um, like uh, they're like apostles, right? There's like a temple, right. and like they, they they're praying to for help and uh, to any god for help. And Thor's a god, and so they finally asked uh, him for help, and he came to help. And in the doing so, what he destroyed their temple. Yeah. It, it, they they called him the god of destruction. Oh, they thank you, god of destruction, for your for your help. That was what great. I the little details like that I think are cute. One little detail that I like too, it kind of reminds me of James Gunn with Guardians, is that, you know, you got these blue people that are like, they're talking so whimsical, you know, like, thank you, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then once Thor says something ridiculous, the guy like breaks character and is like, really seriously, I mean, right now you're doing this, you know, like that kind of thing, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just love that kind of style. And then for his token of his appreciation, uh, Riley's favorite characters and my favorite characters, we get the ridiculous goats. These flying screaming goats. Yeah. It, it, the screaming goats remind me of the voice of of uh, of a uh, weasel. Yeah. <laughs> of weasel and Suicide Squad. It's, yeah. Ah! Yeah. Really, really enjoy the goats. Um, I was telling my wife because she didn't go with us. I was telling her all about the goats, and somebody's already put a clip show of all the goat scenes in the movie. Oh, and yeah. I obviously and I, stole the show. Right. And I and I played her the goats, and after the second scene. My wife said, this is annoying. I was like, no, this is awesome. This is awesome. Like, this is ridiculously awesome. Um, so Gore's going around killing gods because that's his thing. He's Gore the God Butcher. While this is going on, we go back to Jane Foster uh, sitting in chemo with one of my favorite characters uh, there from Two Broke Girls. She's back for a minute. Um, yeah. What's what's the, the character's name? Or the, the actress's name is Kat, right? Kat Dennings, right? Yeah, uh, what's her name? Dr. Darcy, is that what her name? Yeah, Darcy. Um, she's in this for a minute, and Jane has stage four. They don't say what stage four. They say stage four cancer. Stage so four it could... pregnancy. Stage four pregnancy. Oh, so... I'm sorry. No, you wouldn't take chemo for that. Yeah. But no. yeah, they don't say it, but obviously it's implied uh, that it's not good. Stage it's four. It's not good. Stage four, and she's trying to figure out what's going on, and Darcy's like, hey, dude, you know, how about you spend, you know, your last remaining times like trying to help people and or try to figure it out instead of like going into a lab by yourself. And then all of a sudden, I'm going to murder this Thor's hammer. Mir, 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 mar. Yeah, this I'm not going to be able to get to get it either. So and I'm going to butcher it. So Thor's hammer. Yeah, let's just say that. Uh, um, Mjolnir. Mjolnir. I tried. Yeah. Yeah, Thor's hammer. Sorry, everybody. Mjolnir. That's you're probably screaming, listening to us right now, going, Mjolnir. "It's blah blah blah, you jerks." Mjolnir. 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 All right. So, um, why she's in the lab trying to figure out things? We go to new new Asgard. I'm really like a new Asgard. New Asgard's kind of like a theme park nowadays. We get Matt Damon back playing Loki in a stage show. Who's the actor that's playing Thor? That's that's one of the. That's a Hemsworth. That's the other brother. That's the other brother. Okay. It's not, it's not Liam. It's the third brother. Okay, and uh, they were in Ragnarok too, right? <laughs> yes, they were, and Sam Neill was playing Odin. Was that Sam Neill? <laughs> yeah. Okay. And the big, and, and the best cameo. Oh yeah, Melissa McCarthy comes out as uh, as Helena. Yeah, that was yeah. that was hilarious. I like you know what one of the things that I love about uh, her as an actress, to sidebar real quick, is that when she pops out for some reason and you're not expecting her. You just start giggling like you uh, like remember when uh, Trump first became president and Saturday Night Live. Nobody said that uh, that she was going to come out as uh, as Sean Spicer. That's the first thing that I said, too, because right. I, I had that moment at the same part where I was just like, wait, what? You, where your brain has to click, you know, it has to find, recognize and then match And when it does. It, it just oh, when, yeah, exactly. The same effect when she did spicy. It that right. was the same thing where it just it all comes and it's just like yes this is perfect. I'm my uh, I just want to say my favorite part of that whole spicy thing was out of nowhere she's getting a super soaker and she's spraying the reporter and he goes what are you doing she goes I'm trying to wash your mouth out with those dirty <laughs> filthy lies I just love it so I mean she was she was fun in this um, and I loved how bad the production was and there was a purpose for that and that's good for people. Who again probably haven't seen a lot of these movies that we know that 
you know, Thor's hammer is messed up, is broke, it's shattered because of Helena. I have another question too, because again, I'm not trying to keep up on everything. And I figured I'll go to you to this question. In Ragnarok, didn't he lose his eye? Yeah. Thor? Yes. Correct. How did he get his eye back? Um, uh, in uh, Rocket, made him one. When did he do that? In Endgame or? Uh, in it was the one before Endgame, the first part one. Hmm. Rocket made him a Rocket made. Okay, so it's a fake eye. Uh, yeah, and also I don't know if you pay attention, but apparently his eyes just can change color now. Like I think like, they were well because he got his eye and like one was blue, one was like dark, one was brown, and then like one of them there was like they're both green. I think this one they're both blue again, or they're both brown. I don't know. There, his eyes change color. He's got a thunder. Who cares? Um, obviously his outfits can change just as much. Right. So. While all this is going on, we get some backstories. I'm going out of order a little bit. We get a backstory of Jane and Thor's relationship. And I I can't believe I'm saying this. I thoroughly enjoyed this backstory montage of their relationship. Again, that were kind of it kind of reminds me of Up. And what I mean by that is we all can relate to this kind of relationship. Boy and girl both like each other. They start dating. They're having fun. They're doing a lot of great things together. They're entertaining. They snuggle on the couch. Eventually, life happens. You get too busy. You don't get the things that you want out of life or out of your partner. Things go to the wayside and no longer you're snuggling on the couch. You're sitting on both ends of the couch with something in between, you know, like a dog or something. And I can understand that. I can relate to that. I'm sure anybody that's in a relationship could relate to that issue. So I thought that was well done. Why I'm This was narrated, by the way, too. Narrated. And I'm, I'm praising this because I can't believe this, Eric. I cannot believe that I'm saying this. These past two Thor movies, I've thoroughly, thoroughly enjoyed. Just because I say that I think that Love and Thunder is better than Ragnarok doesn't mean I don't think Ragnarok's great. I can't believe it. Because when Thor 1 and Thor 2 came out, I was like, burn it. Send it to hell. These are the two worst movies of MCU <laughs> when they came out. Like, I was so upset with Thor 1 and 2. And so far, it's the only Marvel hero that's gotten four movies. More than Iron Man or Cap. Yeah, it's... Uh... Well, he's also the the oldest, going to be the oldest Avenger, right? I mean, he's the, the one that's going to be signed on for the longest. Sure, but I'm just, I just, I just couldn't believe it. You would have told me what in 2010, 2011, when the first Thor movie came out, that we'll be on the fourth one by now, and they would be actually good. I would have said you were crazy. Yeah, you're right. But that can be said, obviously, for or I, I would assume I shouldn't say too obviously, uh, because of one big thing, right? The director. The director. Um, right. The last two movies, they really hit, struck gold with, with this, with the director, with the uh, Taika. It's it. Anything that he's doing, it seems to just match, almost completely the tone of what they're they're going for. And looking at his other projects, it seems like, um, Disney has really just put their claws into this, into this guy, and they know that, um, they know that they have something here and they're going to they're going to bankroll this guy. Holy cow. He's a, he's doing the Tower of Terror movie. He's he is booked for the next 10 years it looks like. He's doing the Tower uh, the, the 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 base off the ride? Yep. So, you oh, know, how, really? well, you know how Disney loves to Right, right, right. They have right. no ideas it's, and so they just make movies about their rides, which is why Pirates of the Caribbean. Anyway, uh, and then the, he's doing the new Star Wars, he's doing Time Bandits, he's doing Akira. Like this guy's you know, and he's acting in all that too. He was in Lightyear. So I don't know this guy. I just know from these movies so far. Uh, what's his name again? Takaki. What's his name? Okay, listen. I've had to sit down and really try it. It's Taika Watiti. What nationality is he? He's from New Zealand. New Zealand. Okay. That 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 sounds, without sounding ridiculous, that sounds Asian to me. That's why I thought. It doesn't sound like a like an ocean, like an island type thing, like a almost oh, like, I guess a, like, a, yeah. like a Hawaiian almost. Okay, yeah, you're right. Okay, there's that too. Huh? Okay, okay. So he's from New Zealand. Okay. All right. Maybe he's friends a, with Peter. Yeah, didn't we do Jojo Rabbit? Yeah, we did, and I didn't like it. Oh yeah, that's right. Uh, what's another one? We didn't do Hunt for Wilder People, which is another one that I that I like a lot. Um, what we do in the shadows? Um. Our flag means death. Is that another one? I'm trying to think of all the popular ones. Getting them out of well, the way. 
So far, I've I've seen three out of his movies. Then Ragnarok, this one, and JoJo. And so far, he's knocking it out of the park with Thor. So let's go back to Thor, where uh, we've already established the backstory, and we established that uh, Thor's hammer is shattered. Jane is the hammer's calling to Jane. So right. we get that backstory where Thor, I'm going to murder the line, but he says something to the hammer, whispering to it, you know, like if anything is to happen to her, protect her. So it knows. So she comes there. She's full of cancer, and all of a sudden it starts to form together, and that's it. We don't know what happens, right? So, so the, yeah. this is a weird thing I want to talk about because um, the Asgardians are – this is – there's four movies of Thor, and then there's a lot of in-betweens as well too. And there's in those they talk a lot about the Asgardians, and I, I have to admit that I've done a lot more digging on this than I really wanted to. Um, first things first is that they are viewed as gods, but they know that they are not. Odin himself says that we are not gods. They see us as gods. We are just aliens with special gifts. That That's flat out what they have, is that they have um, the power of the Bifrost. They had technology to, to make that, and um, Odin had the Odin Force, and they just have all these, you know what I mean? They're, they're, they're like superheroes. Um, that's basically what gods were. They were superheroes of, of then, but um, you were only as powerful as the disciples that you have, right? And so now people are asking superheroes for help and not praying to gods anymore. Um, so I think there's a there's a kind of this big thing here. Now, now with these people of Asgard later in the film, but um, are all the residents of New Asgard, are all these the people that used to live in old Asgard before Ragnarok happened, are these... Are, are these special people, if you will, or are these, or, or is this a mixture of everything? I think it's whoever was living in Asgard, and so that might be a mix of, and this will be relevant in the post-credit, by the way, too, is why it's so important. It, it, so I think whoever was there living in Asgard, it might have been a mix of like those frost giants, or uh, didn't they, some of the kids say that, I'm not an Asgardian, I'm a... Wolf know, kid. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, by the way, the, the makeout scene. Uh, that Thor had with the wolf lady uh, was his real wife. Oh, was that? that? I thought that was cool. He's like, I made off with a wolf lady on top of a wolf or something. Like, this. just funny stuff. So, um, But, but yeah, everyone from Asgard, they they just kind of might have um, more uh, special abilities, you know? Um, or like uh, even said before uh, in, uh, oh, was it Ragnarok then? Or whatever one that Odin died in. Was that? Ragnarok. Yeah, where he had said that Thor always had the ability to summon the thunder. It's just that Mjolnir or whatever weapon that he had was his is his tool, is his conduit that he uses to kind of express that. And right. I think that was a clever thing too because he's always had that. But we have a lot of weapons that are kind of like personality tools in this in this right. in this movie. You know, it's like it's always there, but these. These are these inanimate objects. Even the goats are um, used to kind of ex express a lot more meaning into these people. Well, let's talk about meaning. Let's talk about how Gore decides to show up to New Asgard and gets his, which scared my five-year-old because, like any five-year-old, uh, she's scared of spiders for no reason. Mm -hmm. And when you see the big spider monster, shadow monster, and all these monsters start to come in, it was a little scary for her. I was, it was scary. I, I get it. Gore is terrifying. And uh, Thor starts fighting. Every Valkyrie is back. I like Valkyrie. She's now – and I noticed this too, a little political correctness. I noticed this. Uh, they called her the king of Asgard, not the queen of Asgard. So I was like, oh, I just noticed that. I was like, let's move on. You know what I mean? Like I wasn't um, – Yeah. I, I, I wasn't offended. I wasn't upset because traditionally society, female, she would be the queen, right, queen of England. Uh, but she's the king of Asgard. Okay, let's move on. So I, that's I think okay. Still trying to, as far as Asgardians go, still trying to figure it out because I don't think that she wants to be king ruler. She's a Valkyrie, like you know, she wants to go out there and kick ass. She even says that in the movie. She goes, "I want to be in the battlefield. I don't want to do this." Yeah, uh, Valkyries are supposed to be like a, you know, they're divine, right? But she's like a awesome Valkyrie. So um, all of a sudden we get. Thor's hammer comes into play, and we find out that, boom, Mighty Thor, Lady Thor, Jane, she is now a Thor. We get this reconnect. I uh, Googled the timeline. The last time that Thor saw her was eight years ago. 
in the she time. She says three years ago. He says eight. Uh, well, in the timeline, it says eight years. Well, it's the last good. time. It's it's a cute detail because of the blip. Did she get blipped? Yeah. So she she only thought it was three years, but to him it was eight years. So obviously, she was snapped for five years. Okay, because in the timeline it says this movie's supposed to be taking place in 2025. Yes. That's what they're getting at. Um, we get a nice fight. Uh, my one complaint about the fight is that I know that they're shadow monsters and it's dark, but it was sometimes a little too dark. I couldn't see really what was going on. Do you think that they maybe were symbiote monsters? I really hope not, but probably. No, no, they're not. They're, they're, they're no, maybe they are because every time they got stabbed, like they had like this black goo. But if there were symbiote monsters, then the symbiote would, when the monsters died, the symbiotes would have attached itself to somebody else. They so. all go to a hive mind. Yeah. I, th that's theoretical. They haven't said anything. And I know that Marvel is right now getting very uh, messy, especially after the the bomb that they just dropped at the end of Miss Marvel. So, What was the bomb? You guys explain this now because I don't know it. Um, well, first things... Uh, I want to say mention too is that the TV shows have a lot. Like you could just probably watch the end of those, and you know just get what you need out of them. Okay. Um, but like to have Darcy in this movie was weird because she was in Wandavision and she right. just like witnessed this huge kind of uh, this end level kind of thing with Scarlet Witch and with Monica Rambeau and with Sword, and now she's just going to visit her friend in a hospital. So I don't know if that seems just kind of weird. But maybe she's a Skrull. Who knows? Like, that's the other thing, too, is that we don't know who's a Skrull and who isn't anymore. Um, so maybe they'll come back to that. Maybe to, like, Okay. Uh, th so what was what was the big reveal of Miss Marvel? Mutants. What about mutants? They're canon now. So uh, originally... Um, Miss Marvel had received a ancient artifact, a Bengal, that she wears on her wrist. Another ancient artifact. Um, and this was introduced because uh, she thought that she was re a relative to um, the, the Jinn's uh, gods, basically. So she's kind of like a halfling, kind of like Peter Quill is, kind of like Shang-Chi is. Okay. You know, so uh, once upon a time, uh, you know, uh, uh, a human fell in love with a god, and then they had a kid, and that kid right. is now a superhero. So, uh, originally... Um, her guy behind the computer, Bruno, had right. done tests saying that, oh, your energy is coming um, from within you and it's just being channeled through the Bengal. And so they thought that, oh, you're a halfling, like a god thing. But at the end of the episode of, the, of Six, he drops this uh, saying that, oh, no, it seems that it's coming from you, but it's like a mutated form. And he says mutated, and then the X-Men theme plays in the background. Yeah, they've been doing that recently. The X-Men thing came up in Multiverse of Madness, so they're really pushing and, and teasing us that the X-Men are coming into this now. That's really what it sounds like. Okay. All right, so it wasn't like a big bomb then. That is as much of a confirmation as I've gotten that she is a mutant, that she might be the, you know, unless you can think of another mutant, um, I would say probably Quicksilver or, or Wanda, but um, uh, they got their powers through a Tesseract, so... I don't know what's... Or wait, no, Wanda always had her powers. See, again, this is... See, it's confusing. It's confusing. Um, so we find out all about Jane in this. And we find... Um, of course, I don't want to talk about every little scene, like I said. But we find out that, uh, that Thor's hammer has uh, attached itself to her to keep her alive. But because she is a mortal woman, this is the way I took it. Since she is a human being, every time that she is the mighty Thor... It keeps on draining her of her of her strength. So when she's not Mighty Thor, the chances of her surviving are very, 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 very low. That's how I took it, right? Yeah, I I, I think the comic did it better. And again, this is just I didn't read it. I was just looking up. They did a better job saying that it made her stronger, but it makes everything about her stronger, including the cancer. That's a very good point. Okay, so then. Now, here's my question. Couldn't she just be Mighty Thor the whole time? Does she have to go back and forth? Because if she'd be Mighty Thor the entire time, then she'd be, she'd be alive, right? I would think in theory, though, that it, there has to be a certain capped point, right? That as soon as she – if she goes that part, that there's got to be a point of no return where as soon as she ceases to become Thor, then she just dies, right? Right. That's what I assumed, and that's what was pretty much happening. 
That, you know? seems, that seems like quite a curse, don't you think? It, it does seem like a curse. Um, God, what else? So then, okay, so after 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 the shadow fight, um, Thor and Valkyrie and the goats and Krog, Krog, I'm sorry. Yeah. Krog. Uh, they're going to go to the place where only gods know where Zeus is. And and we're gonna ask Zeus for his thunderbolt and help to defeat God, uh, Gore, the, the the God Butcher. And I'm like, okay, I'm excited to see Zeus because I know who's playing Zeus. I know Russell Crowe is playing Zeus. So how is this going to go? And beautiful green screen, right? Uh, and omnipotent city is that what it is? Um, I don't know if I want to share the story, but I kind of do. I hope you get it. Um, Riley had a 1997 Titanic moment. <laughs> go, go ahead. So I'll, I'll do it quickly. 97 Titanic comes out. I'm 10 years old. Dad takes me to see Titanic. Dad didn't know that there was going to be breast exposed in the movie. I didn't either. Breasts were exposed. And that's when I realized, oh, girls are cool. Um, we're seeing the Zeus scene with Riley. And I didn't know that, uh, Thor was going to be naked and Zeus is like hey who's talking during my thing and I'm Zeus and then he he blows his uh, blows his blows wardrobe his off, blows his wardrobe off oh. and we see Thor butt and Riley looks at me and goes he's cute oh did did maybe both of you have an awakening that day <sighs> stop it he's cute <laughs> I was like, oh, my God. This scene is not for children. And what I mean by that, not only not only do you get Thor butt, which I guess, That's you right. know. The scene's I for guess, men. Well, what I mean to say is not for children, meaning that, I mean, it's butt. So kids are like, yeah, butt. Yeah. You know, they don't think nothing of it. It's not like breast. However, though, orgies were just orgies. I couldn't believe they were talking orgies in this. Like, who wants an orgy? And, and, and. <laughs> Thor's like, oh, this isn't Zeus that I thought, you know, and like they said shit a lot in this movie. I couldn't believe they were getting away with some of this stuff. I mean, okay, so I have to, as a movie guy, I have to put, I have to stop you right there because for you to, to be like, oh, I can't believe it, I can't believe it, and I know other people were doing this too, I had to stop and be like, all right, well, here's another question. Do you like Mel Brooks movies? Of course I do. Okay. So what's the difference between this and like History of the World Part One? Like, There's no difference. Yeah, just like the this, the 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 tongue in cheek sex comments, you know, um, the uh, kind of brief nudity. Look, I'm not offended by this at all. I'm not some of those people. Is it age, I would, age appropriate? Is that what you're trying to say? It's it's my own fault for bringing my five year old to a Thor movie, but then also it's a Marvel movie, so I thought it'd be fine. It's not a big deal. She's clearly not affected by it. You know what I mean? She didn't have nightmares of gore or anything like that. Because I thought she had nightmares of gore. What yeah. I'm just trying. What I'm just trying to say is that Marvel, they have Halloween costumes. You know, they're very kid friendly. Disney and all these things. It's just shocking. Is not the word because again, I'm not shocked. I'm not appalled. I'm not offended. I'm just like, wow, Disney's getting away with it. They're saying shit, guy butt, and talking about orgies. Which all three of those things went over my five-year-old's head. Will they go over a ten-year-old's head? Probably not. But it doesn't matter. I'm just, I just, I was just like, wow, they're getting away with it. That's all I was trying to get at. You know no, what no, I mean? I, like, I get it. You know what? I, I will actually say as well too because they've been getting pretty ballsy. I made a comment uh, during Miss Marvel. I don't mean to bring it up again, but um, they had a, a whole episode where they showed uh, the Indian Pakistani apartheid um, in like, in like it's. You know, an ugly part of it. Just like, wow, I didn't, I wouldn't expect it from a Disney show. Right. Um, another thing that people got all up in arms about, I guess, I went home and read all this stuff. Uh, there was a big, big fight. I, by the way, love Zeus. Love Zeus. Love Russell Crowe in this. And He's his, perfect. His Greek accent. I loved it. I loved how he was swarmy and just, I loved how when they were fighting all the guards and they bled gold. I think it was gold, right? <laughs> yeah, it's just yeah, you're ridiculous. right. Krog is now like, is now in the back of Valkyrie's head, like like Voldemort and Harry Potter one. You know, it's just really really fun stuff. And the Thunderbolt. And then I was reading online that people were upset. The mothers were upset that Valkyrie kissed a kissed a woman and then dove off. And that didn't bother me. And that went over my daughter's head too. 
Because it wasn't, it was not a big deal. You got to stop making a big deal. Yeah, I agree. I'm not looking for that. But like the other things that you would notice are like, uh, like Krog's God sitting on the throne of scissors. Mm. Was that supposed to mean uh, Game of Thrones? That's the way I took it. Yeah, it was an Iron Throne, but it was more so a callback to his constant rock, paper, scissors jokes that he did in Ragnarok as well. Oh, is that what that was? Cause, because because the way the throne was looking, it looked like Game of Thrones. So that's why I thought. But oh, here, well, yeah, but they were, you know, but they were scissors. So it was kind of like, yes, their play on it, how rock always beats scissors. It was fine. And then also, too, people were complaining about, about Krug and about how two men get together. And clearly, I love how later in the movie when uh, – Krug was talking about the guy that he met, and he looked straight up like Freddie Mercury with a mustache, you know. And oh yeah, how uh, how Korgs make babies? Yeah, they just hold hands, and they're in a volcano. It's funny, and people no. too sensitive. This is a movie. It's too sensitive. It's fine. I mean, this goes over my five year old's head. It's probably gonna go over yours. Well, it's not a big deal when somebody's trying to get offended or argue about. You know, uh, the way the habits of an, of a fictional alien creature. It's That's made just, out of rock. Yeah, it's just like, okay, well, what are we doing here? Mm -hmm. So we didn't tell this, but this is a big plot point in the movie. Before they go to see Zeus, um, Gore had an idea to kidnap all the children. So they kidnap all the children, and they take them to the Shadow Realm. Really, really cool place. Kind of looks like the moon. Uh, black and whitish, kind of grayish. Really, really cool design. Anyway, go back to Zeus. He kills Zeus, right? Uh, get the Thunderbolt. They're good to go. I can't believe that they got away with that. He now, Zeus. Well, and he falls. Now, if you don't stay for the after credits, you don't know this. But, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? Sorry, everybody. But at the time... Nobody you know, knows death. Nobody knows death. So they finally go to the Shadow Realm, and it was all a trick, Right. And this is where Gore kind of like spells out his evil plan. I really was enthralled by Christian Bale's acting when he had all of them kind of tied up and talking to him and stuff. Mm -hmm. Like I feel his pain and I love it. And my little girl was funny because only thing that she could say to me was, Daddy, he has bad teeth. He needs to go to the dentist. <laughs> you know, like I just yeah. I love this scene, dude. This yeah. was a heartbreaking good scene. And I guess all he needs is storm. So there's this there's this being, the entity, the right? And there's this there's this being that if you find it will grant you a wish. Oh, it's eternity. Eternity, thank you. And he needs Stormbreaker to unlock the door to eternity. So this is getting into I don't want to go too deep into into this, into the cosmic part of MCU, but this it might be where where we are going. Right. This is just the Avatar of Eternity. Okay. I mean, I mean that means nothing to me right now. I'm not. Trying no, to I, I I get it. And this is again big levels because there's two characters that are like big. There's Eternity, and then there's Infinity. Uh, Eternity is that that kind of dude character that you saw. Infinity is kind of the possibility of things that could be. She's like a female type of thing. It's it's a weird. It's a weird thing, and um, those two. And there's a lot of Easter eggs by there, by the way, because like not even um, they they had like a lot of those uh, like Eon uh, in the in the hall where they were summoning the Bifrost to go into the realm to summon Eternity or to get the wish. Okay. They had statues in the background. One of them was like Eon. One of them was the Living Tribunal, which was a big part. I gasped when I saw that, which means everything is. That, that there's so much canon because of it, too. It means Living Tribunal is there, which means um, that all the artifacts that are going to be there are probably coming from it. Uh, it's it, it's a huge thing. It's it's going to make um, it's going to make sense, hopefully, later on. Oh, okay. Well, love this. Love this speech. Uh, gets into a fight, right? I love it, too. I kind of skipped it, but I loved when they left Zeus and they had the goats. And, they, you know, um, this is where... Um, oh, tribunal was in... Multiverse of Madness, too, I think. Sorry, again, That's this is right. like where like a lot like the Bengal or like the, the the Ten Rings came from. Like, there's a lot of that stuff. So this is this is where on the boat going to uh, the planet. This is where we know that that Jane is confessing her love to Thor and telling him that she has cancer, blah blah. And then I love how 
it's kind of a joke how they're like just standing on the boat going, oh, there's the planet. And you think that they're like miles and miles away, but they're not. And the goats just <laughs> ram into it. And it's great bloody murder. Yeah. Love it. Perfect. Uh, Gore does his plan. And then we get into a big fight. Valkyrie gets stabbed. And Jane gets messed up with something. She goes, they go back, right? And makeup job looks great. Jane is dying of cancer. And Thor's like, hey, you cannot be Thor anymore. You just you can't do it anymore. If there was a chance, you know, for me to save your life, you know, blah, blah, blah. We had that moment. So he is going to go and face Gore alone. Yep. And save the children. So goes back, right? Gets to a fight with Gorse, gets the kids to all become Thor. So I'm going to do a side story. Why, again, why this movie was important. So this is relevant to the movie. Uh, when my wife and I found out that we were pregnant uh, with a girl, um, for some reason in my head, Eric, I don't know why still to this day, I wanted to buy a white stuffed bunny. Just a white bunny. Nothing fancy, right? Because you're a fan of the Matrix. Sure, I guess. And uh, I couldn't find a white bunny anywhere. Not online, just a plain white bunny. Couldn't find it. Nothing that I liked. Well, Babies R Us was going bankrupt, so they were giving away stuff. Like, So I found a white bunny for $5 at a Babies R Us. So I bought it before my daughter was born. And that's kind of like her blankie, if you will now. That's kind of like her safety thing. She calls him Hoppers. Okay. And she has to... She has to sleep with him every single night when she feels sick, sad, sleeping. Hoppers is always – she's always squeezing hoppers. So when that little girl became Thor and they were fighting all the shadow monsters and lightning was shooting out of her eyes and lightning was shining out of shooting out of the little stuffed bunny's eyes, <laughs> yeah. Riley goes, that's hoppers. You know, and I'm just like, oh, this is that moment. This is this is that moment, you know. Yeah. Um, we get a great fight with, with Gore. Gore's gonna Gore's getting ready to, to do it. All of a sudden, boom! Here comes Mighty Thor again. So we know that this is a sentence for Natalie Portman, right? It's a death sentence, and Gore finally gets a chance to go and to see Eternity. You say? Uh, yes, because the first person to see uh, Eternity can make a wish. Can make a wish, and he's going to wish for the death of all gods. So Jane is out of. Thor get up. She's dying in his arms, and they convince Gore to not kill the gods, but to choose love and pretty much resurrect his daughter for him to die. Great moment. Great, great. Yeah, moment. a good thing to choose uh, the the love over the hate. You know, you don't need to end the destruction. You can just. You know, wish for that, which is I thought was a really good too. I think they wrapped it up where, because um, when Gore comes to that fact and, and kind of uh, rejects the the Necro Sword, he then has to admit that the Necro Sword, kind of in the same way, um, almost uh, juxtaposing for Jane and her hammer, um, that the sword was killing him while the hammer was keeping her alive. Right, yeah, because he says something like that. He goes, we're not too different, you know. Like, yeah. he, he says stuff like that, so he they, knew. They come dependent on, on these weapons, and I know that they they did a few um, sentence kind of brushing off before where they're just like, oh, the Necrosword is going to eat away at you and corrupt you slowly, slowly. But he had already, again, he already considered himself dead for the most part, Gore, that is. So right. for him to take this, this sword was just, you know, might as well just go down swinging, um, if anything. So, right. yeah, for him to concede the fact and just being like, oh, geez, what have I done? I'll forget all this and just go to, um, you know, get all to, to my daughter instead. I think it was a, it was a pretty good nod. Uh, there's a lot of symbolism in this movie, especially with because of the hammer being able to, to go into pieces now to, like, do shrapnel, which is that awesome. That was kind of cool. That was cool. But the way that she breaks the, the necro sword and the way that it comes back into her hammer and then she breaks it, kind of, you know, very much symbolic to the cancer in her body. Um it's it's a lot, and and it's all over the movie. I think it's it's a good touch to have because you can watch this movie over and over and probably catch new things every time. Oh yeah, I, I can't wait for it to come on Disney Plus. So, um, what else happened at the end of that? Here, go ahead and tell me else what happened. Uh, love was born, and this is unique, Jordan, because this is I believe our first 
new character, our first dedicated MCU character. Keep going, Eric. So uh, when Gore asks for this, for his daughter to be resurrected, the Avatar of Eternity does and gives not only uh, her life, but the powers of eternity. So she has cosmic power, or the power cosmic, uh, I guess if you want to say. This is, I think, really relevant because they're introducing these these kind of like, not necessarily godlike creatures, but I'll, I guess I'll, I'll call them like silver surfers. You know, they're kind of like the Eternals in the same part, where they are um, kind of like the chosen few or uh, a certain individual who have like these cosmic powers or these divine powers, but they are limited or they have rules or a barrier that come along with it. I don't know anything about love. Uh, that's her name. I don't know what she can or cannot do. I would imagine if she has the powers of eternity that her um, powers are going to be I don't know, pretty similar to Adam Warlock's, I guess, in that where she can just kind of go wherever she wants, whenever she wants, and blast who she wants as well. Is she evil? Is she evil? Because he was making her pan flips or whatever they called it. Pancakes, but pan flips. And then after like the little father-daughter scuffle, she says, die, demon, and she shoots purple lasers out of her eyes? Was that her being funny, or was that her not controlling her powers? Or I think that's that's her being funny, and because... The other thing too is that we don't we've not seen too many demons or elder demons, and this is the big part of like because they introduce a lot of gods in in here too, and I don't know where the MCU is going. I thought originally that they were going to go towards like the secret wars and like this like multiverse stuff, but they're really building towards a lot of this god stuff now too, and that has a big part in the MCU as well, especially especially when you take in the um, the post credit scenes. Yeah, so uh, so we get so that's why the movie's called Love and Thunder. Uh, Thor and Love fight together to 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 defeat evil. Great ending scene. Plays with sweet child of mine. What is the ending credit scene, Eric? Zeus is not dead. He's still alive. He goes off on a rant, and he's complaining to somebody, saying that okay, well, enough of this. We don't need this guy around here uh, making you know shaking up things and telling people that gods aren't cool anymore so we need someone to fight for us isn't that right hercules and hercules the guy from ted lasso one of the soccer players i guess goes yeah that's how do you right. look how do you look it looked like hercules he looked uh, pretty much like the comics he looked pretty good a big bulky kind of like banish kind of guy no i mean i mean hercules isn't like you know like swole you know he's he's definitely ripped you know he's you know jacked i guess he's about the, probably this a little bit smaller than Chris Hemsworth, but okay. you know he's he, he's jacked. <laughs> is there is, man. is there another post credit scene? There is after 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 everything, um, we get a post credit of Jane Foster uh, walking into Valhalla. She was being greeted by uh, Idris Elba by Heimdall. Well, that's and, okay, and uh, and and invites her into into Valhalla with everybody else. This is huge because that means everyone who died in Ragnarok is still very much alive, and that includes one such person like Loki. Okay, wait a minute. I thought Valhalla is heaven. Valhalla is yeah, it's their afterlife. But right, so they're not alive then. They're dead. They can be resurrected. So here's the weird thing is that through the Multiverse of Madness we saw that he was able to go through different a astral planes and then through Moon Knight we are also told by the Hippo God that there are many different afterlifes as well because there's a depicted one in there. There's like uh, the Eternity of uh, the Field of Reeds or oh, whatever it was called there. Um, but again, like this is where the God thing comes in because a lot of gods are introduced in Moon Knight as well. A lot of the Egyptian gods um, and those gods uh, would have also ha had something to do in the uh, omnipotent city as well, too. Um, I think, I don't know if they, oh no, Ra didn't show up, but I think there was some symbolism or something there. I'm sure when it comes out on Disney+, Plus, we'll go back and take a look. But there's a new thing. You know, the, the, the presence of gods are coming up more and more repeatedly in these, um, in these series. So I wonder if we're going to get a battle, especially with Hercules coming into it. Anyway, uh, Valhalla. Um, Multiverse of Madness went into, we saw them going into um, the Black Panther, the astral plane. Yeah. 
into their okay. afterlife as well too and um it just makes a, a big deal because i believe jane foster in the comics through my research i did again did not read this she gets reborn as a valkyrie so Nana Portman could be coming back. This is all up in the air. Who knows? Um, but I'm sure with some Disney money uh, that it might change her mind. Well, hopefully my mind has not been changed yeah. in this review, right? I guess the other thing, too, is that she did the first two movies when it was just Marvel before, they, before the acquisition, right? Right. Yeah, so that might have been a big part of it, too. Disney came in, which is like, time to, time to come back. Good plan, well, Natalie. Eric, Here you go. Eric, what is your popcorn rating for Thor Love and Thunder? Uh, I, I liked it a lot more than I than I did, man. I know this movie got a lot of hate. I think people hated it because they wanted something more of the Phase 4, like the continuation of a story that they got from Endgame. They want something for to tease them. They want more and more. But I don't think they understand that this is just part of the second saga this is how the first saga went is you have a bunch of these movies that are fun that can be watched on their own i enjoyed this movie man i, I like that hercules is coming in we didn't talk about it too much but like this is like a you, you know like they have a like a, a frenemy rivalry like they fight a lot thor and, and hercules they fight a lot they fight a lot a lot um and it's he's like you know like a chaotic good hercules is you know like in the same part, like he's 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 a hero, but he's not like a friendly hero, right? Does that makes sense. Sure. So I, I I'm curious to see if we're gonna get a lot more of them fighting. I'm sure in the next Thor movie it would it if there is one, which I'm sure there will be after um, the success of this. But if it's not versus Hercules, I I just don't even know where they would go. Um. So so yeah, I. Really did enjoy this movie. I'm going to give it a, a large just because of those goats. I, I The comedy, I think, surpassed a lot of the action in this. But um, I think it had heavy tones of both. This was all around an inclusive movie for all of your emotions. There was there's a lot of things to laugh at, a lot of things to be scared about, there's a lot of things to think about. There's, there's a lot in this movie, and for that, I think it's just well-rounded. So... Um, I guess for now I'll, I'll give it a large just because I think I enjoyed it more than I I wanted to. Those goats yeah, really yeah. made me laugh. They did. Um, yeah. So so for me at the beginning of the show I was talking about stories of, of like not showing emotion. That's why I have to spoil myself uh, so I don't get emotion about a reveal of a character or a plot line. Uh, but darn it. Uh, this this movie uh, is definitely giving me a bias because of what it is. It's a father daughter story, if you will, and well, I have a daughter, like we've established. So it's very hard for me to to look past that sometimes when some things are so relevant, like a girl with a little bunny, right? Sure. Uh, the comedy is great. Uh, the action is really good. Gore is a great villain. I know I'm being a little ridiculous when I say that Gore's probably the top three villain of the whole MCU, but I just really felt for his character. I really liked what he was doing, and I could see myself and a handful of people that I know that would do the same thing. And yes. uh, so I can, I, can, I, can, I can see his justification. I like bad people that we see become bad people for reasons instead of bad people just being bad. Um, so I like that. Um, I think that Thor's in good hands with this director. Uh, normally, you know, this is his sequel to Thor uh, Ragnarok. So normally this wouldn't be as good. And I don't agree with the critics or the fans. I think this is stronger than Ragnarok. I think the story is tighter and stronger. Um, but I guess when I want to give my review is I said about emotion. I said earlier this year that The Power of the Dog is probably going to be the best film we reviewed for the year. It was a really, really good film. I'm, I'm, I'm probably going to say this one is right there or maybe has it beat. I was more entertained. I think this is a large bag with as much butter as you want. I think this is everything that everybody can want. This is a theme park ride. This is a dramatic film. This is a funny film. It's a good-looking film. Yeah. yeah. I mean, there's, I there's, this is great. I agree with you. It should, should be said that the characters and standalone themselves are, are, are charming, and right. someone like Gore, like, yeah, I agree with you completely that he's probably one of the top in 
everything, all the movies, what, 30-plus that we have right now in, in Marvel and series, then, yeah, I would easily put him in top three, for sure. I, I think uh, he's he's a great threat, too. I thought it was um, something not to be taken lightly. So I, I, I agree with you. I It's weird. I feel weird saying large because it's not like this movie, like, you know, like, is really adding or, like, wowing. It It's just... It's just fun. It's solid. It's solid. Yeah, it's like it didn't need. I guess that's what it is. Is that the, there there was pressure that people put on movies like this to make it greater than it is because they're comparing it to some sort of end level stuff like Infinity Wars or an end game type of thing, some some big epic. But it doesn't need to be. This this can be a character moment and where we can see how people are doing and where everyone's going and introduce this person and how they're relevant to this story why um thor has a hammer now and why this little girl has stormbreaker you know this little things um like that i i i enjoy it i think this was simple enough to where it didn't need to have as much hate as it as it got no it doesn't deserve any hate and uh you know one thing that i don't hate at all is aliens and ufos right yeah yeah, there's there's another bad Jordan segue for the year that I'm doing. Nope. Yep. Cowboys <laughs> and aliens. Everyone we're doing nope. Harrison Ford's <laughs> aliens, aliens versus Cowboys. He's he's joking, everybody. For the love of God, please turn in next week. We, but anyway, thank you. We saw you so all the gold much. in this movie, and we thought, what other movies are about gold? Cowboys and aliens. Thank you, everybody, so much for listening to this most episode of Movie Guys Podcast. We appreciate. It. Like always, check us out MovieGuysPodcast.podbean.com or like you downloaded us on whatever platform you listen to, we are on every podcast platform platform you can think of, including that Samsung TV that somehow is the number one, number three most downloaded thing. I don't know how, but thanks. <laughs> so, but we'll be back next week for another awesome episode of Movie Guys Podcast. Eric, thank you so much for joining me. Have a good night.